Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity, where we share the diversities of Muslims in the media. Today we are having a very special guest. I am so excited to introduce her to you. She is Ikhlas Salim and she is the co-founder of the Identity Politics podcast. She is a writer, a storyteller and a digital media strategist. So a sister in the profession. And I'm so excited for this episode. It was a lot of fun recording it. We laughed a lot. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Shared Diversity Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. I'm very grateful to have you here. Thank you for jumping on. Thanks for having me. Alhamdulillah. So for those who haven't heard so much about you, could you introduce yourself in 30 seconds? Oh, 30 seconds. Okay, yes, let me try. So I'm Ikhlas Salim. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where I live now with my husband. And I, by day, <laughs> my nine to five, I do digital communications for a nonprofit called Education Post, where we focus on K through 12 education. And like everyone now <laughs> for my side hustle, <laughs> I have a podcast that I founded and I co-host and I produce with my friend Mecca Ali called Identity Politics. And we talk about race, gender and Muslims in America. Nice. And you were literally one of the first podcasts that I found online that was really oh, wow. speaking to me. Alhamdulillah. And it was just last year, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, you two have a big part of like you're a big part of my journey without knowing it. <laughs> oh, wow. That means so much. No, really, that means a lot because that's, you know, why I wanted to start the show. So to hear that it's like impacting people in that type of way, it's really meaningful. Yes, and I actually wanted to talk to you about that. So you have basically you've created yourself a, a platform and coming from digital communications, uh, I think your experience with media was really like you understand the power that it has and that it can create for people to, to put their own narratives out there. So what is kind of like your what does the power of voice mean to you? It means a lot to me. And like you were saying, I saw the power of media right like we all see the power of media and I know for my group of friends you know who are black and Muslim we all had this experience of coming from communities that were like maybe predominantly black or if you're from the south um in the United States it's kind of not it's not a strange thing to be black Mm -hmm. and Muslim but when you move north or you move to other parts of the country you often encounter people being like, oh, okay, so I didn't know that you could be black and Muslim. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, How, where, yeah. where does this difference come from, from the areas like the South, you're saying? It's, well, it's there are a lot of Muslims. There are a lot of black Muslims in Atlanta. There are a lot of black Muslims mm-hmm. in Houston. And by black, I mean either, you know, African-American or um, African Muslims. And so that's not a mm-hmm. particularly strange thing because you'll see them in Atlanta, Houston, DC, you'll see mm-hmm. that a lot. But then when you go up north to certain places like Boston, there's not a lot. Um, in Chicago, it is a historically like black Muslim community, but it did like when I moved there and like I got my first job people were like oh like you must be Arab like you must be something else that's like (laughs) not black which was like interesting um so Mm. I think that there just is maybe like less interaction um between Mm -hmm. communities in these other areas than there is in the south yeah so I mean I and then just like looking at national media in the U.S. you know like post to uh post September 11th and the images that all you saw of Muslims were you know Arab South Asian like it was very very rare where you would have someone who is black and Muslim like on a news mm-hmm. program talking about Islam and Muslims like mm-hmm. you just it was this erasure of black mm-hmm. Muslim culture in the United States and so doing this podcast identity politics was a small step towards contributing to resurfacing our experience in the national collective and so that's why I wanted to do it particularly focusing on young Muslims as well um, of the experiences that we face and how did you like manage to really connect to that specific audience and that specific like communities that you wanted to basically connect to with your media platform yeah you know honestly I was really nervous (laughs) 
and I had talked about doing this podcast for a long time and mm. you know Mecca who's my co-host and producer now she just kind of was like you should do it just like stop talking about it and at, ta- at the and you time you started alone right yeah I started alone so at the time um I was dating my husband then and he was just like you know you just got to do it like don't worry about you know what's going to happen after just start it it's something that you want to see out in the world so just do it and he sent me a google calendar invite <laughs> for when the first episode should be released <laughs> wow. yeah. it was like a january date um i can't remember the exact date i think it was like middle of january or something and like he sent me the calendar invite and he was like this is when you're going to start your podcast. And I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) But um, I faced a lot of technical challenges. I had never, you know, done any recording before. I'd never done any Mm -hmm. editing. I didn't know anything about podcasting. So I just did a lot of research and it was very frustrating. And I, to be honest, I didn't really know how I was going to connect with my Mm -hmm. audience. I didn't know how I was going to share this out. Like I did not have a lot of social media followers. Um, like I, I kind of was not to sound like, (laughs) like demeaning myself, but like I was kind of a nobody. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, you know, it's okay because like, I'm going to just, I started with my mom and I interviewed my mom and I just started interviewing. Which was the best part. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I was like, yes, you just have to start. Like, and and she was yeah. she's amazing, mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. She was so sweet to do this with me. And it was so funny because I was gonna do this interview with her and she agreed. And then I realized during the interview that I only had one mic. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were just like passing it back and forth, which is like it was kind of a mess. And um <laughs> I like realized like throughout the interview that I did not know what I was doing. So it was nice mm. to be able to do that with her. Um, but then, I, you know, so I started doing these interviews and I, I wasn't, I didn't really know how to share them. So I was on mm-hmm. SoundCloud and I would like text people links and like send mm. it to my friends, send it to my family um, and just be like, can you listen to this? Can you like review, write me a review on iTunes? Mm. I like, when I was together with family and friends, I would just like take their phones and like pull up <laughs> iTunes and like make them write reviews. <laughs> so it really started as like a project that I got my close friends and family invested in. And they really were the ones to help spread the word. Like they were sharing it yeah. in WhatsApp groups. They were sharing it on their Facebook platforms. So I really just got people invested in the project. Um, nice. to the point where I had like a group of people sharing it on my behalf. How did you get this confidence in, in doing that? I think honestly, like I'm only just now gaining confidence. <laughs> <laughs> There are like It's really hard to believe to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I have to be honest. Like I would do an episode and I would be like, oh my God, that was horrible. <laughs> I'd be like, why did I ask that question that way? Or like, oh, no, I should have done that. Or the guest said this. I should have followed up with a question on this. So after each episode, I was just really critiquing myself. And then when Mecca joined in, I realized that I wanted to have a co-host. And for a few different reasons, um, I think that being able to have someone bounce off these issues with during a show is going to be really important because the whole idea is like we're having the conversations that you're having in your living room and we're just bringing them to a podcast and Mecca has been one of my closest friends so I knew I wanted to have her on and having Mecca on too I was able to gain confidence because I was spending so much time like telling myself how horrible the interview went I was just like, oh, that's so bad. Like, I don't want to listen to it. Like, I was like, I don't want to listen back. But like, I have to keep putting this content out. I knew that I had to keep going, but I knew Mm -hmm. that it wasn't at its best. And so having Mecca join the um, podcast team, I was able to have someone to talk through this with and just Mm -hmm. be like, okay, we did this interview. What could we have done better? Um, And having someone to do that with has been like, amazing because we critique each other and we're like you know the editing could have been better on this one how can we do that better moving forward and so just through critiquing each interview that we've done that's how we're gaining confidence where we're like 
Okay, we know like five episodes ago, we did not do that well. Now we can confidently say, okay, we do that well now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that continuous progress, I think that's good to have someone that holds you accountable and that yeah. you can, you you know, ask for feedback because a lot of times if you keep asking, you know, people like, go to their podcast, give me feedback. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, they, they want to be nice, but if they're apart, they're usually more critical like critical towards it exactly okay I'm part of this and what I enjoy with your conversations is that is really genuine that you don't need to agree you both Mm -hmm. have like a very different view on things sometimes and 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 that is the beautiful thing that because you are interviewing people from your community and you're part of your community right shows that you know it's okay to not have the the same opinion it's okay to have different views on things and this is just what we need to talk about um what was like why did you choose the media platform of podcasting specifically yeah that's a really good question right because there are a lot of ways that this could have been done and originally i had a blog called yeah I had a blog and it was called actually I had several blogs right because like (laughs) that's just like what you did in like early 2000s just like Mm -hmm. blogging but um the blog that I had was called Hayawa Iman so Modesty and Faith and I started this blog because I was going through a transition in my life I just finished graduate school And I went to a divinity program hoping to study Islamic studies. And while I was in the program, I realized that, like, I didn't really want to be a professor. I didn't want to have this, like, academic and specifically, like, Western academic approach to Islam. I did not find that to be spiritually nourishing. In fact, it was draining. Mm -hmm. And I looked up from the program and I, I felt myself just like further away from Allah than like when I started the program and I just felt really lost like as a Muslim and I was thinking you know if I'm feeling this way I'm sure that there are other people my age who are also feeling this way and I think just not to sound like super cliche, but I do think that like growing up in a Western culture can be really challenging to your faith. Um, Mm -hmm. There are so many things that come your way. And I don't mean just like drinking, smoking. I mean, like in terms of ideas, like the ideas that are implanted from the things that you watch, the things that you listen to. And it can be, it can be really confusing. Um, So I started the blog and I was just blogging about my experiences and like my thoughts on things. And then I wanted other people to start writing on the blog. I wanted to be I wanted to be like a publication, essentially. But then I started asking people to write and no one wanted to write. (laughs) 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 People were like, oh, that seems nice. But like, yeah, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, I don't think that vlogging is going to be the way to get like mm-hmm. other people's voices um and then honestly I probably would have done video um mm-hmm. I've always had this dream to like be like Oprah <laughs> nice go for it <laughs> yeah. but like video just seemed like a lot of work I felt like I would need like more of yeah. a team like I would need money for like equipment I think at the time I started the podcast too like I was unemployed so I had like no money <laughs> And so in the end, like podcasting was just like the cheaper way to do it um, and the easier way to get people to come on and like share their experience. And also not everyone is comfortable with video either. Yes. Like it's also a very selective like platform, I think, for for a lot of people. It is. People get nervous. They're like, how do I look? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, a, A lot of times you also don't interview people that are in the same place as you. Yes. Right. So that's, it's another challenge. Sometimes I think if you want to start something like you wanting or aiming to be that platform that showcases different kind of voices Mm -hmm. and publicizes them, you needed to look for something that is feasible right now. Like this is attainable for me right now and it works for me right now Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to work. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I really enjoy because it doesn't really matter how it is in in the end. Oftentimes, it doesn't have to have the 100% quality because that is subjective anyways to yes. different opinions, right? Yeah. But um, having them out there and just having them like as raw as it gets, 
that is really interesting and that I, that's what I really enjoy with your podcast to be honest yeah I so just want to say what you're yeah. saying to you about quality being subjective we did this one episode with uh Yasmin Jonas and this woman uh, Marguerite Hill and we were just talking about like resisting the clap back and like, and just like when people come at you with like racist, crazy, Islamophobic things, like how do you just like take a breath in that moment and like mm. just calm down? But this episode was like one of our first like really popular episodes where it got like thousands of listens. It was one of our worst quality episodes. (laughs) We just like had so many technical challenges, like the audio sounded horrible. And Mm. we were, I remember us thinking like, who is listening to this? Like (laughs) this quality is so bad, but like, so always like so thankful for like the people who like, you know, recognize that the content is quality and just like take the journey with you as you like get better. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. What is kind of like your strategy to, as a person in media and as someone that has a platform, um, what kind of strategy do you pursue in growing your brand? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I think two things, right? There's building your individual brand and then there's building your business brand. And mm-hmm. those two things are interlinked. And for us, we realized for Mecca and I, we realized during this podcasting when we were trying to grow our followers, we were doing a lot of things from like the identity politics account, like we're doing media ads, trying to get more followers, which worked. Um, We got a lot of people that we wouldn't have if we hadn't placed like digital ads. But Mm -hmm. then we got to the point where we were getting feedback from just like iTunes reviews that people were writing. Um, People would email us, people still email us. And we realized like, oh, people want to like know more about who we are. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the early um, episodes where we were just interviewing guests and we didn't have a lot of conversation about like our personal lives and things like that. And so we got to this point where we're like, okay, how much do we want to let people into our personal lives? Mm-hmm. And that that- is like, I think that was like the, the next avenue that I would wanted to like ask you about. Yeah. It's really difficult because then this translates to social media, right? Like building your brand. And so I had to sit down and think where I was like, okay, like how, how much do I want to let people in? Because at the time we were thinking about this, I think my Twitter was like locked. Like you had to request me, my Instagram, you had to request Facebook. And I made this decision where I was like, okay, I'm just going to have all open accounts. Um, why and uh, you know because I did want people to listen to the podcast (laughs) and I was like I think you want to know more about me and I just I was like okay if I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this and so I started tweeting more I like wanted to grow my followers so I just started sharing my opinions on things um and you know like Twitter is the world of extremes so Mm -hmm. I would just like be tweeting out things and like it worked and I got more followers on Instagram I started like um staging photos <laughs> like you know like putting on a cute outfit telling my husband to yeah. take photos of me you know doing the inspiring captions I did yeah. a lot of Instagram stories too which um yielded a lot of benefit and right now I'm in this phase though where I got kind of tired mm-hmm. <laughs> I got tired of um feeling like not everything I was posting not that it wasn't authentic, but it was very intentional, which is a very different thing, right? Like you're planning out content, social content for the week for the purpose of like driving social influence. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been on social a lot, but that is how um, I work to build my individual brand in order to promote the podcast. And it works, right? Like that's what people do. <laughs> they yes. like share pieces of their life. And it works because that's what people connect to. Mm. That's true. And um, I enjoyed also the time. But I think also if you if you have a podcast, a lot of what you say is already very personal. Yes. So people can directly connect to you and they have the feeling that they know you. I mean, you, they have yeah. their vo- your voice in their ears. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's very powerful. I think it's a very powerful platform because people can even... Um, 
listen to you while they're doing, you know, they're running errands, they are in a mm. train, you know, on the bus, wherever they are. And it's a very personal connection that you have because whatever you say is like, you have their attention. And even if you just have sure. half of their attention, your voice is in the background. So you are part of their yeah. lives kind of. Uh, and um, I think that is something that people have to get, they have to understand that, that quality and quantity that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. It's good to, to put out a lot of content, especially if you're confident about the content itself. The quality of the audio doesn't have to be 100% perfect, but the quality of what you are delivering has to be in line of what you want to stand for. Because Absolutely. it's your voice, right? Absolutely. And you're speaking for yourself. So um, I think that is something that holds a lot of people back. Like They don't want to get into media and then say the wrong thing and then they're being mm -hmm. judged and then their family sees it and their friends and... You know, Absolutely. a lot of the times when you start doing media, you start out and you've done that with blogging, you have very strong opinions. They might change in a year or five, you mm -hmm. know, like what do you do then? What do you think would be like the top mindsets that, especially as a Muslim woman in media who wants to get more into like the social space and have a platform to speak of, what kind of mindset should they have? Yeah, that's that's a really excellent question and just like a lot to think about because I will say that was one of my fears, right, of putting content out there that even if it was my opinion, just thinking about how people would react to that, right? Because mm -hmm. the reality is there are a lot of people that troll online. There are a lot of haters. So you also run the risk of getting like a lot of hate mail um, if you say something that's outside of the norm. So That's also a challenge, even if it's something that you stand by. I think the mindset that I approached this with as I put myself out there in the media space is that it's very possible that what I say today I won't agree with in five years. <laughs> and and I think that's an okay thing, right? Because we're people and we change over time. If you're not changing, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of public figures who will say today, you know, like, yeah, I wrote that book 10 years ago. I, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I wrote that book 10 years ago and I no longer believe that. And here's why. Mm. I think you have to be comfortable knowing that mm. you will change and your opinions on things will change. Mm. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> I yes. think that's okay. Yeah, I think that's okay. It's like, you know, how people will be like pull up tweets that people tweeted like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll, yeah. They'll like have said something and then somebody will go pull a tweet from like two, three years ago and they're like, but two, three years ago you said this. And it's like, yeah, I said that. <laughs> and now I'm saying this. <laughs> and like, yeah, no one can argue with that. Like if you have been a person on this earth, right? And mm. you've lived into your 20s, 30s, you know that there are some things that you believe that you no longer believe. So yes. I think I think that's a fine thing. As long as you can just explain, you know, why that transition happened, I think that's fine. So that's something that no longer holds me back, and I'm okay with that. Nice. But I will say mm – -hmm. oh, sorry. <laughs> I will say that I'm very careful about what I say on the podcast, especially because of the topics that we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, dealing with Muslims, Islam, I'm very careful because I, the way we approach identity politics is not to be your spiritual guide. <laughs> so mm. we're very careful to not say things that are outside of our scope. So we don't speak as like religious scholars, um, yes. you know, religious leaders. We are very careful about that and try to stay true to our lane, right? Like stay in our lane. Like we know what it's like to be a black Muslim woman in America. We know what it's like to be a young person and just like really speaking from that. So I will say yeah. that's something that I'm very careful about. I was just, I'm, I'm rereading Malcolm X again. Oh. And What I, what I love about his book is that whatever phase he goes through, he goes like a thousand percent in the personality who was yeah. at that time. Yeah. That means you understand like how dramatically a person can change, how Absolutely. incredibly confident, confident they can be about their personality, about their mindset, about their attitudes, about their beliefs. 
and how dramatically they can change and still be confident about, you know, this is where I come from. Um, mm -hmm. I did a lot of things wrong. This is what I believed at that time. And you're like in the story because he's so honest about his personality at that time that if you yeah. come out, you know, you come out at the other end of the book and you're like, wow. He was like five yeah. different personalities in his yeah. whole life. And he's, yeah. you know, he's confident to say that because he's a human. He's going to change over time. Right. And um, as long as you progress and you grow, uh, it doesn't really matter through which bumps you go through your life. You just need to be confident about that you had changed, that you're the person that you are right now and that you're aiming to grow, but you're just mm -hmm. human. You know, it's very normal to have very dramatic opinions about different yes. things and they may be wrong <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so true oh that's such a beautiful example I like stand by that a hundred percent I love that something else that I wanted to like uh, go into is what you just mentioned with you are not a source of you know Islamic knowledge in that part that you are a scholar but you know a lot of things because you've experienced them And you're part mm -hmm. of the people that you talk to. So um, how do you how do you connect with an audience that that you know, but that you might think have, you know, some issues in their thinking, in their mindset, uh, in their attitudes, that we have a lot of things we deal with within our communities that we need to shed light on, but without acting like you know it all and acting like you have the answers? How do you like initiate these conversations? Yeah, that's such a good question because there are times where we like want to cover a topic and mm -hmm. Mecca and I are like, okay, but we can't just talk about this. <laughs> we're like, it can't just be a conversation that we have because we're like, we don't have enough knowledge on this topic maybe. And so Whenever we do you want to address something that we think is like an issue in our community, we like to bring on a guest that can shed more light on that. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes the burden off of us or it removes the vibe that it's like, okay, now we want to tell you something and we want to tell you how to think. And mm -hmm. right, not in such an explicit way, but, and I think this is earlier what you're saying, it's good that Mecca and I are on the show because often we have like diverging opinions mm -hmm. and but there's sometimes where we're like on the same page of something <laughs> so yeah. it's like if we had a whole episode where we're on the same page then implicitly we're kind of saying like yeah you should be on this page too yeah um <laughs> yeah about this before. like do you speak about okay this is what we like agree with I think we should get someone who has a different viewpoint or how do you measure that well we often say this is how we think about this issue, right? But I'm mm -hmm. sure there's more to it than how we think about it. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, when we're doing research just on like, you know, people who do interviews, a lot of people will say, you know, address the topic as if you know nothing. Mm -hmm. So we often try to frame the questions as if we don't know anything <laughs> about the topic where it's like if we haven't a guess we're like tell me more about this like tell me more about that and obviously you know the interviews are longer than what we actually publish and so we take yeah. a lot of time in the beginning just kind of probing and seeing and finding like okay what's the crux here um that we want to get to <clears throat> but I'll say in terms of like thinking about our audience and maybe like their mindset is wrong about something. I don't think we ever kind of like frame it in the idea that it's wrong because I think just like if you're Muslim period, there's something that you don't know or there's something that you're not like <laughs> really thinking right about or you know what I mean? There's like a lot of, somebody's going to be ignorant in some type of topic. And so instead yeah. of thinking about it, like maybe they're not thinking about it the right way, it's more like expanding your mindset on something. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way we try to do that is bringing someone in who has like lived that experience or who does work in that area. Um, mm -hmm. I think is often what we try to do. Um, I know we've done, we did this episode on white Muslims <laughs> mm -hmm. and we did it because we were just, 
thinking, you know, like white Muslims are so interesting, (laughs) Um, but like, it's like, you don't really get to hear like this, like if there is someone who's white and Muslim, you often hear like, just like their convert story of like, oh, you know, like I'm studying in school, you know, like I'm studying in school and then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we were just like, that's so basic. Like, you know, like there has to be more to the story than that. And we also wanted to expand it beyond just like conversion. But, you know, what is it to be a white Muslim and hold this privilege? Like, you know, you enter these different communities and you hold so much privilege, right? And mm-hmm. if you are in a Muslim community, like most Muslim communities don't hold, you know, a ton of privilege. Like they're often like poor, you know, marginalized in the countries that they live in. Um, but, you know, white people have this ability to just like go in and out of different worlds. And so we wanted to talk more about that. So at first we were kind of nervous. We we're like, oh, like, how do we ask like, white people to come on the show to talk about being like being white people (laughs) Um, but like we realized it was just like more of a story there it was more like how do you hold privilege um Mm -hmm. and how do you connect in communities that are like marginalized that will even those communities themselves like if you're white and you come into a muslim community you know a lot of muslims will like uphold whiteness still so Mm -hmm. just like digging into that a little bit further um, where was a time where we we're trying to not necessarily like change the mindset, but like dig deeper into an issue that a lot of people are talking about. Mm. That's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I like that episode a lot. Um, yeah. I found it interesting, uh, like the different viewpoints. Um, okay. This is a very personal topic to me. That's why I, I'm, I'm like in in thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs> I'm like pondering up on it. Um, okay, I wanted to ask something that is a bit going away from the topics that you really talk about and more to like you as a person. Okay. Because you have a like day job and you have your baby, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like your passion project, something that is really coming from your heart and that has uh, that you created with... Um, intention and vision behind it so Mm -hmm. how do you balance these two things how like what is just your daily routine like working on different things yeah oh man so (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot and um I'll say that working my nine to five because I work remotely gives me a lot of flexibility so Mm -hmm. I'm able to get a lot of things done in the morning. So usually Mm -hmm. I try to wake up a little bit earlier before work to give myself like two to three hours to take care of podcast things. So sometimes that's like having like scheduling an interview for the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. During our Ramadan series, we were like interviewing people after Fajr. (laughs) We were like so surprised. Yeah, people were like, yeah, after... So consistent, mashallah. I love yeah. you know your Ramadan uh, series. I was like, I, I literally, I was, I don't know why, but I was so active. I would go out for a run before Maghrib wow. and listen to your podcast and listen to your podcast. I was like, wow, these women are just like so ambitious, mashallah. I'm I was like, like wow. you're so ambitious, mashallah. <laughs> like running before Maghrib, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, your topics are definitely a motivational factor to me going out and like just listening yeah. and running. Yeah, keep going. Sorry. (laughs) No, it was it was really tough. We were so tired Mm. Um, because we wanted to do this series because we're like Mecca and I were both in this very like spiritual place Mm -hmm. and we wanted to do that on the podcast of just like exploring that with our listeners. And so we're like, okay, it's crazy, but we're like, let's just do it. And so people were like, yeah, like, let's do it like before Sahur. Like, <laughs> and we're like, that's so intense, but okay. Um, but then the hard part about that was like, okay, you do the interview, right? But then you have to do the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to do the publishing and then you have to like push it out. But it, you know, after we did the Ramadan series, we were so exhausted and like, we were just like, podcast what? (laughs) We're like, do we still have a podcast? Like, is that still a thing? Um, So it's, it's funny because producing this podcast, like, if, like after every season, 
we're just like, why are we doing this? Mm. <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, we we were just like, why are we doing this? And every time we ask that question, we like get an email or like somebody tells us like, you know, how much this means to them. Like we, when we did the conversations episode during the Ramadan series, we had someone email us and he was just like, you don't understand how much the podcast means to me. He was like, you know, before I started listening to your podcast and specifically like the conversations episode, he was like, I felt so isolated because I'm living in a part of the country where there are not a lot of Muslims. Mm. And I recently converted and he was just like, I was considering like not being Muslim anymore because mm-hmm. it was just too difficult. But he was like, you know, your show gives me the motivation to just like keep trying to find myself and connect with community. <laughs> and I was just like so overwhelmed. I was like, wow. Like, so, like sometimes I'm like legitimately like just surprised mm. by how much people connect to the show because I don't know. I like just even like reflecting on it now, I'm like, it's just crazy how much like media can do in this way. Mm. And we're like, okay, that's why we do the show. Mm. <laughs> like, even though we're tired, even though like we make a lot of sacrifices, right? Like when you have a full-time job, you know, you have to, you either have to edit after work or you have to spend your weekends editing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will do that a lot where it's like, okay, I have my Saturday morning block. Mm. I'm just going to edit and we're going to do this episode. But then there's also the planning and the scheduling. Um, so it's just us two. And every, like after every season, we're like, okay, we should get like an intern. And, but then we end up being so tired <laughs> from doing the work that we like never post for an intern. So it's just like a vicious cycle. So yeah. I think actually we're going to be looking for someone to join the team seriously this time and put out an opening um, to either have someone join the team or like intern with us and get like a small stipend. Nice. Um, so if anyone so listening to this work. podcast would know someone who would love to be a part of an NC politics podcast and yeah. what do you need? Like what kind of skills you can pitch now? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we're looking for someone with, okay, let me tell you what we need. <laughs> we get a lot of email. Um, so we would love for someone to just like help with managing email and scheduling interviews and the person who's scheduling interviews we're very open to people who have like creative ideas so maybe they're guests that like we haven't thought about so that role that role would be more to like suggesting guests suggesting topics we're very open to that and we also need someone to manage our social media accounts um so if you're interested in that we would welcome that um And then I actually do the editing, but, you know, I'm open if people have editing skills um, for that as well. So, yeah, if you have any interest in joining the team, you can send us an email at identitypoliticspodcast at gmail.com. We would love, love, love to have people join the team. And you can work anywhere in the world. So (laughs) nice. That's amazing. So go ahead and write them. I have a question, too, because you're talking about scheduling the... um, interviews and all that how do you like content wise how do you create connections and like really smart collaborations yeah so (laughs) mecca always uses this term as like professional muslims Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we like before we started the podcast we're kind of like professional muslims what does that mean yeah so mecca actually worked for a muslim organization and I was a Muslim professional because like I went to divinity school. Um, I did a, like a lot of like Muslim fellowships mm-hmm. um, that connected me to a lot of just like different Muslims, mainly in, in the U.S. But because of that, we have like a bunch of connections. And mm-hmm. so usually if we want to have a guest, it's like not too difficult mm-hmm. um, to get someone. Now, what is a challenge is like we keep trying to have like popular like Muslims come on like our dream. We have like a spreadsheet with our dream guest. Oh, and so like, it's like DJ, <laughs> it's like DJ Khaled. <laughs> like potential like potential muslims who like are like rumored to be muslim like janet jackson (laughs) (laughs) or like um i don't know if you know mara braca kill who um she is a tv writer um and she did the show girlfriends but Mm. she's muslim Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah. So, oh, and of course, like Mahershala Ali. So <laughs> we have these like dream like Muslim guests to have on. Um, so also, if you know any famous Muslims, let us know. <laughs> if you or if you know someone who knows someone, you know. Yeah. Go exactly. ahead. <laughs> so basically, until now, you just um, kind of you, you know a lot of people from events and from your career, and you yeah. just text them and be like, "Hey, I think what you do is good." You know, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I have a topic that we want you to talk about. And then they just jump on. Yeah, usually. So usually we always pick. Usually the way it goes is we always choose a topic first mm -hmm. um, that we want to cover. So we plan out a whole season. So while we're on break, which I think we're on break now, informally. We're on break. <laughs> By the way, last year, last year you went on break yeah. and you didn't tell. Like I didn't know. And I yeah. was like, hey, stop. Because a lot of people start a podcast and then just stop. And I'm like, no these women no, can't stop yeah. it just it just doesn't work and then you came back and you had like a new branding yeah. and everyone's fine and everything exactly. was fine I was like wow they're back better <laughs> it's so funny because like we also realize we don't tell people there was um this woman who like emailed us from Toronto and she was like um you went away she was like are you coming back she was like it would just make me feel better if like I knew you were coming back because like I'm currently in school and like really stressed and we we're like oh no we we're like we didn't realize people cared so much and we we're like no we promise we'll be we'll be back like this is when we'll come back but um yeah so we usually plan out a whole season when we're on mm -hmm. break and for that season planning you know we'll decide which topics we want to cover. And sometimes instead of topics, we do choose it based on guest. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so there's a re very real thing too, right? When you're thinking about guests, you, if you want to increase the popularity of your show, you want to also have guests that have like huge followings mm -hmm. um, or people that you know that have networks that will share the episode. Yeah. So sometimes we do do episodes based on that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we try to like find like, you know, quote-unquote popular people um, mm -hmm. to come on the show but yeah usually we'll like send a text you know if it's people we know or we'll just shoot an email mm -hmm. um asking them to come on and usually the answer is yes I think in the beginning it was kind of difficult because you know people were like oh you're not really a real show mm -hmm. <laughs> but like now that you know it's amazing because you know we got a lot of press earlier this year we were um, featured in like National Geographic and National Public Radio and we just had like all of these bookings and you know people started to think we were famous like <laughs> somebody was like <laughs> somebody like people would ask us like okay is this your full-time gig now and we're like no <laughs> but like people were like oh my god you're everywhere um so like you know when you have yeah when you have national media coverage mm. that is like a huge boost mm. And when we had that, like, just like our number of listeners increase, um, we started having people like ask to come on our show. And that was like a big transition for us mm -hmm. to have like this big like media push. I have to write all these things down because I'd love to make like a beginner's guide for people who want to start a podcast because I have so oh. many. I literally have so many girls coming to me and be like, uh, I want to start a podcast, but... You know, I don't know yeah. what my family thinks and what everyone thinks yeah. and what's with the equipment. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you, I have like some 10 point, like best points to start. But obviously mm -hmm. I want something from people who know it for a while and have reached some level of success already and have really boosted themselves also in, in the kind of topic they do because some people yeah. just do like the same basic stuff. And I think for you, I would have that, amazing question what are mm -hmm. like the top tips for beginners who want to start a podcast and the second part of the question is how do you find a co-host that has like this amazing energy that is between you and Mecca yeah that's that's good so I would say in terms of tips you know as I mentioned earlier my goal I think when you start a podcast you have to really know what is your goal mm -hmm. and for me it was never to be like popular I never was like oh my god I want to get like a million downloads I like you know mm -hmm. I want to be everywhere that was like never my goal my goal was never to make money um I knew that like 
I would probably be spending a lot of my own money to make this happen and time. Mm. And I was okay with that because my ultimate goal was like, I want to take other young Muslims on a journey with me to Mm. like figuring out your path in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having a space where you can like see yourself reflected. Mm -hmm. um, That was always my goal. And, you know, that's what really keeps me going because I'm like, okay, like people are still connecting with this. They're still vibing with this. I'm still enjoying doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to keep doing it. Even if none of those other things happen, even if I never make money, <laughs> you know, even if like, you know, the media coverage was nice, honestly, like mm-hmm. we were really happy to see that happen, but we were happy to see that happen because that meant more people can find our show. Yes. Not just for the sake of like being in like major news outlets. Yes. Um, I think that's so I would, a big thing yeah. that people a lot of times they look for titles like, oh, I'm, you know, the top the number one bestseller on Amazon and I'm mm-hmm. on Forbes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that really people with very small ambition and vision really look for titles. Those yeah. big thinkers look just for doing big things, you know, they look yeah. for really, what, like you say, connecting to these communities and having spaces where other people can see themselves reflected. Exactly. I mean, it's where your validation comes from. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't know who your audience is, so this might sound rude, but (laughs) I'm like, I don't get my validation from like white people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, like all of these major news outlets are really just like white people. So (laughs) I'm like, that's great that you like want to promote the show, but like first and foremost, like my audience is Muslims and like, you know, you know, Muslims in general. I, yeah. Like, so not to be like divisive on that point, but it is for all Muslims. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, narrowing it down, it's for black Muslims. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if people are still gaining benefit from the show, then that's what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. And then other tips is like, you know, it won't, it won't always be great. Like you have to just be comfortable and taking the journey. And you know how you asked me earlier too about like how did you choose this platform Mm -hmm. of like podcasting I think you also have to be comfortable with the fact of knowing that your platform might change like Mm -hmm. you know I thought I was gonna have a blog like (laughs) like and like it that didn't work out for me Mm -hmm. and I had to choose a platform that made more sense for my audience Mm -hmm. so just being comfortable like with wherever the journey takes you Mm. um and the other thing I would say is really don't choose topics like just based on like what's happening like with the podcast yeah just trends right like you know of course like there are times where we do like trendy episodes like maybe Mm. we might do something for like thanksgiving or you know like things like that but for the most part we try not to let you know, the news cycle or the trends determine what our show will be about. Mm. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that, right? Like there are tons of podcasts that do that and they're great to listen to. Mm. Um, But we knew for us, we were just like, we can't do that. Like our thing is like race, gender and Muslims in America. And like, even if there are like things going on, we can't like make that the center of our show because then then it's no longer our show. Mm. Like we're letting the, what what is happening determine what we care about and that's not what we wanted to do and Mm -hmm. so we've been able to maintain control of that um of our content of our show Mm -hmm. i think that's also been something to help us sustain us and how do you find a person like like a co-host that you can first of all really connect to and second really rely on because if you work with people (laughs) you can be friends with people but you cannot work with all of your friends like that's a real thing and a lot of people don't understand that they're like oh you know my girl and she's so amazing and we have this Mm -hmm. vibe going on but you know if she doesn't you know if she doesn't show up to the recording there's not going to be a podcast so how do you like what are like the things you should out look out for in in having a co-host but generally more speaking you know creating a team around you yeah oh man that's like really tough um I thought a lot about getting a co-host for those very reasons where I just was like I know I can count on myself (laughs) and like if I don't do something I'm only mad at myself but then I kept thinking like the benefit of having a co-host and to be honest, I never thought about anyone else co-hosting the show but Mecca. 
So it's not like I thought through a bunch of people. And I was thinking Mecca because before she became a co-host, we did an episode together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about being black and Muslim, being born Mm -hmm. black and Muslim. And I like that episode a lot. And I felt like when I listened back to it, we had a really good energy. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, I like the chemistry that we have. And I think that that could work for this show. And then the other part is, so when you're choosing a co-host, you have to know what you're both good at, right? Because you're Mm -hmm. not just going to be co-hosting the show. You're going to be editing it together. You're going to be planning it together, scheduling it together, right? There are all of these other components that you're going to have to think Mm -hmm. about. You're going to be having meetings probably like weekly or every other week. Mm -hmm. And I know my skill set. I know what I'm good at. (laughs) I'm good at like, I'm very good at facilitating conversation. Um... I, I like to think of myself as being funny. <laughs> you um, are. Yeah. And the funniest thing is you being funny. Like, I just love <laughs> the way you laugh because sometimes you have, I, I just, you know, every time you laugh, I just have to laugh, whatever, in whatever mood I am. So that's really funny. Yeah. yeah. And so I knew I was creative. I knew that I was creative and had vision and mm-hmm. Mecca You know, it's funny because we're so close, but we also have like, we have like similar personality, but like different personality. And Mecca Mm -hmm. is someone who's very, very organized. Um, Mm -hmm. She's very much a planner. Um, Mm -hmm. She's someone who is just like, really has like an ordered life. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, that is what the podcast needs. Because the way I operate is just like, everything is in my head. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) And Mecca's like, or we could write it down and like remember it. And so like I knew with like our forces combined, it would be really good. And so Mecca, she actually um, organizes like all of our seasons. So like we'll brainstorm topics and then her job is to like take those, like put it in an order that like makes sense. Like she keeps like all of our records, like our business records, our financials, um, mm just like all of that, like organizes our inbox. Like it's just like amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And so I think we work so well together and you can find a good host if you're both very honest about where your skill sets lie, because we're Mm -hmm. both very honest with each other um, and very aware of what we're good at. So we don't step on each other's toes. So it's like, I edit most of our episodes um, because I'm better at audio editing than Mecca is. And Mm -hmm. like, that's okay. Like, she's like, cool, you do that. Like, I'll come up with the episode descriptions. Like, I'll post to the website. Like, no big deal. Um, So yeah, choose someone who will compliment you. That sounds pretty much like how you choose someone to marry. To be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Like, know know your skill set. Know what you're both good at. (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true it's true it really sounds like it (laughs) no it's so true because it can be that way right like entering into like any type of partnership with a friend it's like always a risk because you're like man this may not work out and like I don't know if we'll be able to be friends after (laughs) and at the end of the day too we always remind ourselves like it's not that serious like if someone Mm. like forgets to do something or anything like that it's like Okay, it's like not actually the end of the world. Like, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> and I think also because both of you really care a lot about it, so there's no, you know, intentionally um, bad behavior or you know intentional ignorance. It's just yeah. you know, there are shortcomings in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question just because you said, and I think that is one of the last questions. Mm-hmm. What I found really beautiful is that your husband who wasn't your husband at that time, was a big part of your journey into what you're doing now. Uh, meaning he also compliment, complimented you in the way that you really wanted to do something, but you had to get that push. Yeah. How is it now in, you know, having a partner and having a husband, having a full-time job and having a passion project? And obviously he has his own stuff going on as well. Mm-hmm. How do you balance your ambition and your you know life as a wife 
Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> um, I will say, yeah, my husband, he's my biggest fan, like, and my biggest critic. <laughs> so, like, for each episode, he would, like, always have this feedback <laughs> about each episode. And mm-hmm. he's, it's nice because he's also really invested in the show where, mm-hmm. you know, like, if I'm tired or, like, don't feel like doing it, he's like, you know, like, just do it just knock it out or he'll just be like oh man like I can't wait for the episode to come out like when's it gonna drop (laughs) and then I'm like okay like he really wants the episode to come out so like let me do it um so it's nice because like I'm not in a position where I feel like doing this show is taking away from like my marriage um because Mm -hmm. he's so invested in it and as well as just like my professional like nine to five He's also really invested in my work there. So he is really supportive. So, you know, if like I'm working late nights sometimes, like, you know, he'll like stay up (laughs) and like try to find things like to do with his own work. Um, So like I don't feel like I'm alone, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say the difficult thing is my responsibility in the home is like to cook. Mm-hmm. so like if I'm having like a really busy week and I'm just like oh my god like I don't think I'm gonna be, I'm I like I won't be able to cook this week <laughs> and um that's really tough because he also like really likes my cooking and so mm-hmm. like we went through this phase where we we're kind of just like eating out a lot and he was like man you know it would kind of be nice <laughs> to like taste food that you've cooked <laughs> again and I'm like oh wow that's true because like I think it had been like two or like so weeks like since the last time I had cooked um so I would say that's a challenge because you know that is a responsibility that I do owe in the home and you know it's like unfair to him to not take on that responsibility right it's like him being like I'm not gonna pay the mortgage this month so like good luck (laughs) (laughs) so I he's actually been really good about um helping me structure my time so like he'll remind me like hey it's Sunday like you know if you don't go grocery shopping today I know your Mondays are really busy so you don't usually have time to do that and then you have this in the evening so he's like you know not to pressure you but (laughs) I also know your schedule and like this is the only free day and like he knows I also hate grocery shopping on Sundays because it's just like a madhouse and I'm like I don't want to go I'm like I don't want to go and he's like okay but like just know (laughs) that like you won't be cooking if you don't go today um so he's just like he'll be my reality check um to my schedule which is which is nice but I mean yeah like those are very real challenges if you're like doing different projects Mm -hmm. and like working and you know I can only imagine like what happens when you have children because obviously Mm -hmm. these things can't really stay the same if you have children um I think, you know, at that point you have to decide like about letting something go or like rearranging Mm -hmm. your life during that Mm -hmm. time. Because I mean, I know that there are women who are like, no, you can have it all. You can have it all. But I'm like, um, I'm not really trying to do all that. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) not. (laughs) I'm really not trying to be exhausted every day just so like I can be CEO of like some company. Like I just personally am not interested in that. And I would Mm -hmm. like to spend time with my children, you know, inshallah, if I have Mm -hmm. them. So I think that'll be like the next hurdle for now. It's just like two people and you know, the biggest thing is like about like not cooking dinner or, you know, maybe sometimes we'll have to like rearrange like when we go to the movies, but we do have like a standard like date night on like our Fridays. So we always have like Friday date night. So that's consistent. (laughs) I think it's good to have a sort of routine, especially when you're, um, you know, ambitious and you're, you're creative and you're maybe not the best planner in your own life <laughs> yeah. that you, you just have these, you know, like you have your roles, which I really enjoy having, like to really set up, okay, this is the role. And if you're my motivator in the way that I love to do things, but I might not do them on time, you're going to be my, you know, accountability person. Mm-hmm. Um, and in return, you know, I will make our home nice when you come home. And I think it's really good to have these structures, like you say, you know, Someone reminds you to go grocery shopping and you have your date night. And I think you just gradually create more structures around it. Mm-hmm. Um, like these sort of principles that you create in your life. I'm a big fan of that because the more you grow, like the more your brand grows and the more your responsibilities grow and your family grows, like you just add on more structures. Yeah. So 
it becomes like toothbrushing, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't think about it anymore. Yeah. From the morning, fajr until breakfast, that's like my podcast time. Yeah. You have that as something natural in your life and you don't have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like the structure that is really good in having with all your responsibilities because at some point they just become natural and you don't stress yourself. Yeah, because so otherwise, yeah, you do stress yourself. Like before I put those things into place, I just was like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like I kept reading like books on like how to be successful and everyone kept mm -hmm. saying like the morning time is key, like wake up early. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> yes. No, I love that because I love like having a person that puts in it into reality because a lot of people talk mm -hmm. about it. But when I ask them, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm not really doing it. I, I love that you're really living it because you can see the return that you get from it. And yeah. it's a huge inspiration, mashallah. mashallah. Okay. Uh, last question. The top yes. skills and attitudes to make it in media and reach your communities. Oh, the top skills and attitude. I would say the top attitude is and this goes for like my nine to five job too is like you have to be okay with failure I know that sounds like cliche and like everyone says that but you have to be willing to try a lot of things and like see what works and like what doesn't work and you know even with the podcast just like playing with different types of formats um you know we until much later we didn't start doing episodes like that had no guests like we we're like oh let's just try not having a guest and see if like people will still listen and we we're like oh people actually like to like listen to just us talk <laughs> and like we had no idea if that would work or not and it did um so now we do more of it so mm -hmm. I would say yeah just be willing to try you know a lot of things and like see what sticks and what doesn't stick um, in terms of skills, I'm someone who's always trying to learn, especially like in digital. It's a career that I actually didn't see myself in. Like I had no idea I would end up in digital communications. And when I got the job that I'm working in now, like I didn't particularly have like a large skill set. I would say my biggest skill was the ability to like be creative um, and just like think of different ideas. So for my team, I was able to just like brainstorm like larger ideas and like campaigns, but not necessarily know how to execute them. <laughs> I just was like, I think we should do this. Um, <laughs> and so like I had those skills, but then I was thinking, you know, if I want to reach higher levels I should actually know the execution part so I'm literally always teaching myself new things so with podcasting you know how I mentioned I taught myself how to edit I learned everything about like what type of equipment is good for podcasting I learned about like studio like how to enter the studio and that kind of thing so I really just like self-taught um, and then I'm always trying to learn new digital skills because I think, you know, obviously that's where we're headed in the future <laughs> with like tech. And so I really just try to learn everything I can. So just like mm -hmm. subscribing to different newsletters, like reading articles about tech, um, even with the podcasting landscape, like here um, in the U.S., you know, podcasting, it's in a really weird space because people are transitioning to video. And so mm -hmm. that's something that I'm thinking about a lot. Like BuzzFeed recently got rid of like their whole podcasting staff. Um, so it's weird because it's like people are still listening to podcasts, but at the same time, it's like in this trivial space of like, how long will it last? And especially even if you're entering podcasting in order to gain profit, the profit margins for podcasting have gotten um, really low in terms of like advertising space. So mm -hmm. just being like aware of like where things are headed. And so now I'm like trying to learn more about video <laughs> and like what type of equipment for video, like how does that work? And so now I'm like in the process of like teaching myself that. Um, so the skills I would say is like always be a learner, mm -hmm. always be aware of like what's happening in your field um, is going to be critical. And I would actually say like, just creating being creative and visionary is also essential because once you have those skills it's like that's like invaluable you know if you can bring anything to a team um in that way and the way that you develop that is just like by reading a lot 
Um, so I try to read a lot and I try to read a lot of biographies too, of just like thinking about how people have charted their own path. Um, I think is really helpful and like inspirational and thinking about like, okay, what's my place in the world? Um, and what do I have to contribute? So I don't know if those are like super tangible skills, (laughs) but like, they are. are. Okay. Be, be okay with failure. Be willing to try, willing to learn, especially in the digital field. Um, Self-teach yourself and be ready for change. Be creative Mm. and visualizing. Be aware of what's happening in your field and read a lot. Wow. Yeah, you like sum that up. I'm like so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So I love when people have like very tangible, like, you know, tips, like not like these like gray, like dreamer, you know, all in the air tips. Okay. you know, read a lot, get a book, and read, especially autobiographies. I think yeah, these are really nice. Um, now, what we always do is we bring a question to the listener. So, whatever we talked about today, um, your journey into the media, whatever media means to you, the power of voice, strategy, how do you create your content ideas, and all that stuff. What kind of like question would you have for the listeners that they could answer in the comments below? Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. I like this a lot. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That's a really good one. Okay. So I think question for the listener is since I mentioned, you know, how we're on break and thinking about for next season, I would love to hear from your listeners just like what things they're thinking about headed into 2019. Like what's something that's on your mind, whether that's from just like, um, your own like personal ambitions, you know, like of what you want to do for yourself in 2019 or also just like larger world things, like maybe something that you're concerned about. (laughs) Obviously in the U S like it's just Trump. Mm. (laughs) Everyone's concerned about Trump in 2019, but, um, yeah, just thinking about, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about headed into 2019? Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, this was so fun. Honestly, like, you know, this has been one of my favorite podcast interviews. Really? Yeah, it has. You asked such good questions. This was really fun. And it like really made me think a lot and reflect. So I really enjoyed being on here. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. So you heard her answer Ikhlas questions in the comments below. What are your fears, visions and plans for 2019? What do you look forward to? Leave it down in the comments, inshallah, and share diversity with us. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode, and share your diversity with us. If you enjoyed this episode, like and share it with your friends, and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.